1: since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: A disturbingly tall creature clawing its way inside, while your family still hasn't made it home finding yourself outside at a campground when something horrific is stalking the lake. All of these stories and more in today's episode of Unexplained Encounters. I'm your host, Darkness Prevails, and joining me for a couple of stories is Mr. Black Pasta. You can support Mr. Black Pasta by subscribing to The Disturbing Truth on YouTube for some unsettling true crime horror. This week I'm happy to bring you some chilling stories about camping hiking and being home alone so get comfy and make sure you've got a friend to enjoy the show with because you definitely don't want to endure this one by yourself follow me at dark prevails on twitter to stay up to date and be sure to check out the brand new and extra handsome version of our website eeriecast.com that's e-e-r-i-e cast.com where you can now read and submit your own stories buy merch listen to all of our shows, and even participate in paid submissions. Paid submissions are a new thing we're doing only for specific topics for a limited time. So if you want to know which topics we're paying to hear, go to ericast.com and click Get Paid. Now, let's begin. Edge of the Lake, from Limbo the Lost. I'm a 33-year-old female from Sweden and I live in a very small town in the middle of nowhere. But there is at least a lot of very beautiful nature all around, and I love it. I have a favorite spot where I usually go camping at the least once a year nearby, at a beautiful lake pretty far into the woods. It's a popular spot for hikers and canoers, as there are several lakes connected by very little land, or sometimes streams just barely big enough to paddle through. It's a very beautiful place, I went camping there a bit late this year, as I've had and still have some back issues, so I hadn't been able to head out camping as much as I would have liked this summer. But I was determined to go out there and camp at least once this year, before it gets too cold. On September 4th, me and a friend of mine packed our things and headed to the lake. There were a surprising amount of people already there, and a surprising amount of families with kids, But, in general, people willing to go this far out of their way to get here are always quite friendly. It was enjoyable, even if the kids were a bit noisy and they tripped over my tent twice. I made some food after setting up my tent right by the lake, enjoying the view, trying to take a dip, but holy crap, it was too cold. I only managed to get to the waist. I enjoyed the rest of the day just taking a nap and watching the lake, feeding some fish in the lake with some leftover pasta, just kind of enjoying nature. It was extremely relaxing, at least during the day. Once it started getting dark, me and my buddy started making an ice big campfire by a wind shelter that no one was using, as it was kind of starting to fall apart due to age. But as it was next to the tent, we figured we might as well use the fireplace already there and some of the firewood people left for others to use. So we sat there, roasting marshmallows, lighting torches I brought with me just cause. Why not? And we watched the stars late into the night. Eventually, we did get tired, and decided it was time to go to sleep. Sleep was something I unfortunately failed to do, due to my buddy snoring very loudly. I was kind of just scrolling on Twitter, chatting with folks, trying to just get tired enough to doze off but at about 4 am still awake still just trying to pass time as by now i didn't expect to get any sleep at all i was lying there in the tent messing with my phone when all of a sudden i heard a loud splash right outside the tent followed by screams they sounded like they came from a little girl this screaming persisted for about a minute or two before everything went dead quiet As the initial shock of what i just heard settled in, I finally realized, oh shoot, what if that was one of the kids that got up to use the bathroom and fell in the lake? I grabbed my phone to use its flashlight. I went outside to try and see if I could see anything, but it was so pitch black outside that the measly little flashlight on the phone did nothing. I tried getting a look around, and I even tried to point the light into the water to see if anyone was out there. But... Again, it was just black. I couldn't see anything, and everything was still dead quiet. I was beginning to panic a bit, still thinking one of the kids might have fallen in and was now on the bottom, and I couldn't see them, meaning I couldn't do anything to help. I decided I'd go around to the other campers, telling them what happened, to see if everyone was accounted for. That meant I went around waking people up at 4am, but after explaining what happened, they were surprisingly thankful over the fact that someone was looking out for them and making sure everyone was accounted for. As it turns out, everyone was in their tents and shelters, asleep, and no one else had heard the screaming but me. Not even my buddy had woken up from the screams, even if we were closest to the lake, and it happened right outside. After a while, checking on everyone and such, I really didn't know what to think, as no one was missing. Everyone had been fast asleep. Even the ones I woke up had fallen right back to sleep after that. I decided that I should probably just go back to the tent. So I did. But as I got close to my tent, I barely caught glimpse of something big diving down under the water that had just been at the shore right in front of my tent. At this point, I decided I'd just go back into the tent and not come back out till dawn, no matter what. When I finally got back into the tent, my buddy had finally woke up, barely, and was asking me what I was doing. I explained everything so far to her, and just as I finished explaining what happened, we both heard something big beginning to pace around our tent. It kept pacing for quite a while, only once going over to the empty wind shelter, pacing around in there for a bit, Its footsteps did not sound like human steps. They were too heavy and sounded more like hooves or something similar as I listened to it clomping around on the wooden floor of the shelter before it came back over to the tent, pacing around our tent again. I wasn't about to go back out to see what it was at that point. We just lay there in silence, waiting for dawn. Once the sun began to come back up, The pacing just kind of stopped. We didn't hear anything walk away, so we just kind of stayed in the tent until we could hear the other campers beginning to wake up. At that point, it did feel safe to actually get out of the tent again. Chatting with the other campers, they hadn't heard anything, and most of them had slept through the night without any issue, with the exception of me waking up some of them to ask if everyone was okay. And again, they were actually thankful that I'd gone out of my way to check on them, even if we were all strangers. It had made them feel safe that someone had been looking out for them. But since it was none of the other campers, that leaves the question of what was in the water. What screamed? And what was pacing around outside the tent until dawn? What a creepy night. Feels like I experienced a horror movie plot in real life. And yet, I do want to get back out there again next summer but this time, I'll set up camp a bit further away from the water.
1: Bigfoot chased me from Madam Venom. Back in 1999, when I was 12, I liked to explore the woods across the street from my home in rural Virginia. We lived in an area that was populated, but People didn't live on top of what we call the mountain. To be honest, it wasn't really a mountain, but we were in the foothills and these so-called mountains were higher than any other surrounding land. I would take my dogs, a golden retriever St. Bernard, and my beagle mix. The neighbor's friendly little mixed breed would come too and We would go through the culvert below the road and follow the creek up to a pond at the base of the mountain. We stayed gone all day and it was nice to not have anyone around to spoil my fun. I mostly walked and played in the creek but sometimes I climbed up in an old deer stand to look out across the creek. It was always peaceful and serene. Sometimes I would spot deer grazing and drinking, or even rabbits and squirrels playing. One time I saw a bear. I just stayed quiet, and eventually it meandered away. I had to admit this was a great hiding spot and playground. I liked spending long days just watching nature and not listening to my dad and his friends get drunk. I spent so much time there that I got used to the surrounding noises and smells. After a while, very little ever surprised me. That fall puberty hit, and my body changed. I wasn't happy about it, and I spent a lot of time outside trying to avoid thinking about it. The changes made me closer to being an adult, and that thought was not great. This will be important later. I should mention here that the pond itself was at the base of the mountain and it was surrounded by trees. Mostly pine trees if my memory serves me well. They were part of a tobacco farm and a small dirt track led between another clump of trees and the ones that surrounded the pond. The closest houses were on each side of the forest and of course Mine was across the street. The woods could be spooky sometimes, but at the time it was just mind over matter. The creek that ran down from the pond went under the trees and back in the direction of my house and that was how I traveled back and forth. The creek that fed the pond was a mystery to me. I had never followed it very far because it led back into the mountain and Sometimes there were no paths to lead me back. One day I decided to follow the creek up and see what the source of the pond was. It disappeared into the ground a few times only to re-emerge again. I was enjoying myself because I guess I fancied myself a little amateur explorer and my dogs trailed behind me sniffing and playing. It was unusually quiet that day, but it was cloudy and cool so I thought all of the animals must have been hunkered down somewhere warm. I came to a place where the creek suddenly twisted around a bend of rocks and disappeared into the ground again. I looked around for the creek and saw a trickle coming out of the ground ahead of me. I walked to where it was, anticipating the newness of the find. And that's when I got an eerie feeling. It was as if I could feel someone or something watching me. Now, I don't mean to sound like a Disney princess, but the animals were used to my smell and they didn't go out of their way to avoid me. As a matter of fact, wild animals in those woods sometimes followed me or had a tendency to get a little too close for comfort. This didn't feel like that, not at all. I smelled this horrible stench and, honestly, it was worse than any animal corpse I had ever smelled before or since then for that matter. I nearly gagged. I was about to round the corner entirely to find the source of the smell when all three dogs came barreling towards me with their hackles raised and their teeth bared and their teeth bared. That got my attention. The dogs began frantically herding me towards the pond and when I went for the creek they chased me over towards the dirt road. I knew that there were trees across it but I would be at the main road within 5 minutes as opposed to the 10 it would take to follow the creek carefully. I hurried with the stench right behind me. I was a 1000% positive that this was not a skunk and not something I wanted to see. I kept going, terrified that the source of the smell was going to show up. My dogs pushed me forward and stayed behind me growling and snapping. I began to slow my pace as I got to the main road panting and huffing. I noticed my leg was wet. I looked down to see that I had bled through my jeans. Embarrassed and tired, I crossed the road and went inside. The next time I was at my dad's, I stayed away from the woods, but the following weekend I went back in and it was all quiet. It stayed like this for a long time until spring, and that's when it happened again. This time was a close call because I was in the tree stand when I heard loud, crunching steps. I smelled that same smell and made for the road the same way with the same three dogs, losing their ever-loving mind. This repeated itself every month. Not long after this, my dad and stepmom split up and I no longer had access to those woods. I grew up and moved on, but I never understood what was going on until I watched a special on Sasquatch. The show described how women were sometimes herded by what Native Americans described as Sasquatch when I put it all together. I wondered if puberty had somehow alerted the thing to me. Not to mention my bright red hair. I'll never know for sure, but every time I look at the mountain, which is nearly every day because I live in its shadow, I remember that something chased me and it smelled awful. It sent my dogs into a panic.
0: Stalking a Satanist From Anonymous I like to go hiking and camping often. I've always liked the outdoors, and I take any chance I get to get out into the wilderness. My friend and I had planned to hike for three days into the mountains and three days out, a six-day trip total. Day one was very normal. My friend and I started at the bottom of a valley. And we planned to camp at the top of the mountain before us. We made it to the top at about 8 p.m., and we prepared for the night. I gathered firewood, and my buddy cleared out the area where we'd be pitching our tents. It was mostly quiet until around 10 p.m. A few elk cries came from the forest. This didn't bother us because on trips we've taken before, we've heard these cries. After about 15 or 20 minutes of these cries, which were about 5 to 15 seconds apart each, we heard a horrible screeching sound. We both figured the scream was the scream of a cougar. After the cougar screamed for 7-ish seconds, it was silent again. The entire forest was quiet. This was kind of weird, but not worthy of losing sleep over. The both of us slept like rocks that night. In the morning, we ate and packed up, beginning farther into the country. After walking for about two hours, we came across the most bizarre and terrifying sight. Some sort of gantry was hanging from the trees. The heads of elk were strung up, hanging around the head of a cougar. This gave a whole new meaning to the sounds we heard that night. We decided to hike a few kilometers east of that location, then continue north. When we stopped for lunch, We saw a dark mass on a hill in front of us. It looked human, but they were dressed in dark, cloak-like garments. It's important to know that where we were hiking, it's not a designated area for hiking or camping, so there's no reason for someone without proper equipment to be all the way out here. We wondered if this was the person responsible for the elk and cougar gantry from earlier. We decided to pack up fast and follow them. Neither of us were hunters or trackers, but we watched enough YouTube and movies to get the right kind of idea. We made up about 2 kilometers and could see them in front of us. We were now on the backside of the hill we saw them on earlier. They were sitting on a log with what looked to be a knife in their hand. We ducked behind cover to observe them. They were sitting so still that it was weird. After about 45 minutes of just sitting motionless, A deer walked right in front of them. Then, out of nowhere, the cloaked figure jumped on the deer, stabbing its neck and killing it. They pulled out some string or wire and began to hang the deer from the tree. Wanting to give them the benefit of the doubt, we assumed that it was some sort of old native hunting technique. Then the figure went back to sitting still. We continued to observe from cover, After about three hours, a man came from the northern side of them, and the deer. Soon after that, a few more people came from the same direction. They began to make marks in the ground, starting to chant. By this point, we were both terrified. All the people except for the first original cloaked one stabbed themselves. We knew for certain then that there was something truly wrong happening. I pulled out my satellite phone to call the police or Fish and Game Warden, anyone that could help. I explained everything that happened to the police while my friend continued to watch. The police tracked my phone and said help was on the way but would not be there for a few hours. It was then we saw the original cloaked figure, the last remaining one now, beginning to eat the ones who had offed themselves. We left right then and there. We must have made too much noise getting up, because we heard that figure scream some curse at us and begin to walk towards us. By then, it was probably one kilometer away from us, so we just kept booking it. After another minute or so of sprinting, and about half an hour of jogging, then two more hours of walking, we were at a vantage point, and we looked back. There was a torchlight about two to two and a half kilometers behind us. It must have decided not to run after us, After all, we had a head start to begin with. A few more minutes of jogging later, we heard a plane. Quickly, we pulled out mirrors and began to reflect light at them to try to signal the plane. They saw us. It circled us, and then a few minutes later, a helicopter came to us. The distant torchlight stayed still for the whole time the plane was circling us, and hearing the helicopter's landing, Then the torch started to cower and turned back towards the ritual site. The helicopter landed and picked us up. They tried to track the figure, but somehow lost them. They did find the dead bodies and began an investigation. Statements were taken. Because someone else had witnessed the torchlight, the law enforcement did believe our story, at least somewhat. All in all, my buddy and I were safe And down five grand each for the helicopter evac. I would much rather be out 5k than be killed for some ritual. To this day, I believe they were some kind of Satanist, upset that we had witnessed their ritual.
1: Antlers in the Woods from Anonymous. I was 17 when this happened. My family and I live in the woods of Colorado. I was going on a hunting trip with my dad. I always loved hunting with my old man, but this experience scared me out of the woods for a while. We were heading to our hunting spot. We even brought along some camping gear to spend the night. When we got there, we unpacked our stuff and set up camp. When that was done, we started to hike down the trail, and were hoping to hunt a buck or an elk, and that'd be pretty awesome. Anyway, while we were walking, we heard some howls from wolves and coyotes, but we weren't worried about them. We were worried about encountering a grizzly bear, but if we did, we'd have just fired off a warning shot. When my dad and I reached the top of the mountain, we gave out some calls to try and attract something. A few minutes of waiting later, we heard elk, but they were only females, no males yet. We continued down the trail calling out, but then my dad stopped me. We saw antlers on a tree stump. My dad thought that another hunter must have been there before us, but in my mind I was thinking, what kind of hunter leaves antlers behind after he's made a successful hunt? Whatever the case was, we continued walking. And as we did, we kept seeing more and more antlers, both deer and elk. I told my dad we should head back to camp, and he agreed. As we made our way back to camp, I started to feel like something was watching us. But I looked around and there was nothing. A few moments later, we saw a male elk. We both hunkered down and I raised my rifle. I took a deep breath and then pulled the trigger. It was a direct hit right in the heart. When we got to it, it was already dead. So we went through the process of, well, you know. Then we made it back to camp and started to cook dinner. When my dad finished preparing our meals, we sat down and started talking about old memories while enjoying the sounds of nature. After a while, I brought up those antlers we saw earlier. My dad said he doesn't know why anyone would leave antlers behind. Then suddenly we heard what sounded like footsteps coming from the woods. We didn't see who or what was making the noise clearly, but I did see antlers. But the weird thing was they were eight feet off the ground and I could make out glowing eyes. My dad looked in that direction and froze. Suddenly the creature came out of the brushes and we saw its true form. It was like no animal I'd ever seen. Its skin was grey and almost rotten, like bone being covered by skin. It had long arms with very sharp claws. and. A head that looked like the skull of a wolf with pointy human-like teeth. It roared at us, and my dad and I grabbed our guns. We immediately started shooting at it. It screeched in pain and charged at us. We made a run for it into the woods. As we were running, we could hear that the thing was right behind us. We kept going and then hid behind some large rocks. We stayed as quiet as we could, just hoping the thing didn't have a good sense of smell. Then we heard it run by us. We waited for a minute, then decided to run back to camp. When we got there, we packed up everything as fast as we could and quickly left the area. We made it home before it got dark and we ran inside. My mom saw us and asked what happened. My dad lied and said we encountered an aggressive grizzly bear. Later that night, we went to sleep. I was still shocked about what happened and I just couldn't get my eyes to stay shut. Nothing else ever happened and we never encountered that thing again. But I firmly believe that what my father and I saw was a wendigo.
0: Possible Skinwalker From Caitlin S. This sighting happened on two occasions. The first incident happened about a month ago. I live in Georgia, and it's a quiet town. I was looking for a hiking trail for me and my boyfriend to go on. I'd found an area on a road called Morgan Road. This trail is kind of sketchy, but it is in the rural part of town. The trail itself is nice and pretty, but once I got out of the car, I felt like something didn't want me there at all. I was paranoid, looking around and listening. Still, the hike was okay besides the major feeling of being watched. I saw the end of the trail eventually, and I was so happy. But then, I heard it. A loud rustle to my left. I saw something big. I ran as fast as I could to get out of there. My boyfriend was confused, and later he told me that he did see something. Something big. Bigger than the white-tailed deer we have around here. That's the end of the first encounter. The second one was more recent. This happened yesterday. We decided to go back to the same trail. Once again, when I got out of the car, I felt as if something didn't want me there. The feeling was ominous, and I felt like I was about to get jumped by something. Then I heard it. Some sort of screaming. My boyfriend said it could be a rooster, but I know what a rooster sounds like, and this wasn't one. This was more like a human screaming, but it wasn't that either. It was off in the distance, but then it seemed to get more in front of us, but somehow still far away. We decided to keep on walking. Soon I began to hear rustling close to my left. It might have been a squirrel, but that feeling of something full of hate being out there with us was still present. My heart pounding and my blood running cold, I said, We should go back. And my boyfriend agreed. We did a light jog back to the car. It took us a while to calm down. I told my boyfriend about the feeling I had, and he said he'd had the same feeling. We then made an agreement to never go back to that trail again. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. Possible Demon or Poltergeist Haunting From Grim Hades This began in late August of 2020, right after I moved into my current place. I live in a small town in Florida. As always, it starts small, with little things disappearing or being misplaced, or odd feelings accompanied by noises. Now, the first week I was here, I never felt alone, even when I knew I specifically was, in fact, definitely alone. I have two roommates and my daughter. One roommate currently stays at his girlfriend's house, probably due to the weird things we experience here to this day. The first night, of course, nothing was really set up or unpacked yet, but I placed my important bag, consisting of my sketchbook, charger, makeup, and things like that, in my room so I could unload a few more things before dinner. Soon I got distracted, and I just ended up setting up quite a bit. Usually I listen to music when I do things like this, so my phone battery was draining fast. Naturally I go to search for my charger through my bag, but it's nowhere in my backpack. This sets in a sort of panic, given that my daughter was at her grandmother's out of town, and that was my only charger. I began to go through anything and everything in my bedroom, then through the kitchen and living room, the only rooms I'd been in. I spent close to four hours doing this to no avail. My roommates do have cats, and at the time when we all moved in, my roommate had a dog, a loud chihuahua. At some point, probably around ten or so, I heard something fall in the empty room down the hall from the living room. I was thinking it was either the cats or the dog, but the dog began to bark rapidly. I had to go check at that point. I didn't want him to keep barking, plus I wanted to make sure nothing happened to him. I didn't want to be blamed in any way since I was the only one at home at the time. Once in the room, I automatically see it. Several boxes had seemed to be tossed around, mainly books and action figures, from what I could tell. Then I looked closer. There was my charger, somehow in the middle of the mess, in a room that I had not been in at all. I mean, how would it get there if I had put it in my bag before I got here? I watched my roommate bring in those boxes. He even pulled out his favorite comic for his lunch break or something. My charger was not in there before. The next night, my keys disappeared. I still haven't found them. It's been well over a year and a half, and I wonder if I ever will find them. For about a month, my cats just didn't act like they normally did. For instance, my cat, Philip J. Fry, would totally freak out if I left him alone in my room, ever. He would literally cry, as in meow very loudly and puff up. And often he would find the most inopportune places to hide. I'm not sure how I broke him of that, but I know it did take a while. My other cat, Jingles, just always follows me. She's a quiet black cat, likes to sleep. She's 10 years old, so it's a little out of character for her to follow me around the house. Fast forward a couple of months to the end of October, basically a year ago now as of writing this. My daughter was home this time, but she was passed out. She already slept through the night when I moved in, so she was usually asleep by 8pm. I was in the living room watching TV on low volume, flipping through a few books for examples, trying to sketch a drawing out. Again, both my roommates were at work. I work day shift. They both work at night. I just started to get into my drawing when I began to hear something. At first, I couldn't really tell what it was, so I paused whatever was on the TV for background noise and tried to listen harder. This heavy, intense feeling begins to set in once I actually hear what it was. It sounded like a child, talking and then laughing. But it just didn't sound right, let alone feel right. I go from the living room to my room where my daughter was. Just as I thought, she was still asleep. She hadn't moved at all. The room was, in my opinion, a scary movie quiet. Nothing seemed to be wrong, though. The feeling in the house just seemed menacing, if I had to put it in words. Every now and then when I'm definitely alone, I get that feeling that I'm not alone. That menacing, deeply heavy feeling. Entirely unsettling to say the least. One thing I forgot to mention at the beginning of this. When we all first moved into this house, the maintenance man told us something that struck me as odd. He told us that in the past ten years that he's worked for that landlord... Everybody who moved into this specific house would move out before their lease was up. Some would leave as early as six months in, too. He said he saw a lot of couples break up, people get very ill, lose their jobs, cars. Just some horrible luck, I guess. Or maybe it was the house. Demon? Ghost? I don't know. From John This story happened when I was about 4 or maybe 5. When I was younger, I was the only child. Both my parents worked, and I often had to go to daycare. Except for Tuesdays, when I didn't have to go. Instead, my mom would drop me off at my grandparents' house to watch me. That particular morning, my mom was late to drop me off at my grandparents' house that was only a few miles away from our house. Once there, my mom let me out, Watched me walk into the house, then proceeded to drive away. Usually, she'd walk in with me, but because she was running late, she just let me walk in, knowing my grandma's there every Tuesday to watch me. At that point, I went over and sat on the couch, waiting for my grandma to either come downstairs or just be in the kitchen reading a book. I waited for about five minutes until I heard my name being called from the attic. I proceeded to walk up the stairs to see what she was doing. At the bottom of the stairs of the attic, I called her name, but there was no answer. I called up again, and again, and yet, no answer. I suddenly heard my mom's voice coming from downstairs, calling my name. I walked back downstairs to find no one. I remember asking myself, what's going on? Then I heard my aunt calling my name from the basement, I walk over to the top of the basement stairs yelling my aunt's name in return. I tried to turn on the light to the bulb, but it wouldn't stay on. It was flickering, which creeped me out too much to go down. I then heard my grandmother calling my name again. DON'T YOU GO DOWN THERE! I was shocked. Why hadn't she been answering me earlier? I walked away from the basement slowly. I then ran towards the stairs to get upstairs towards my grandmother. I checked everywhere upstairs, and not a single person was up there. That's when I began to hear my cousins and aunts and uncles all talking downstairs in the living room. I knew this had to be some kind of joke, right? Maybe a huge prank. But the only thing that was in the back of my mind was being told by my grandma not to go into the basement. As I slowly walked downstairs to the living room, no one was there. I crept my way to the stairs of the basement as i heard a child's voice that sounded like my best friend at the time down there saying to come play with him i wondered why he was even here that's not normal right then i heard a deep dark voice saying come play it was a voice i've never heard before i slammed the door shut and bolted to the front door as i'm running I can feel this presence of something behind me, getting closer, the hair on the back of my neck standing straight up, and goosebumps running through my body. I never turned to look. I swung open the front door to the street, crying my eyes out as my grandmother came walking up the stairs to the house. She hadn't been there. I'd been alone in the house. I jumped onto her, crying my eyes out. She held me tight and never let me go until I was done crying. I never told her what happened or anyone what actually happened. I was too scared of what it could have really been. I'm 22 now, still wondering what it was. Was it a ghost, or was it my mind playing tricks on me? I am open to any theories you have. And thankfully, Grandma moved out of that house a few years later. Unwanted Intruder, Human or Otherwise From Helio I've never quite been a big believer in the supernatural. That's not to say I completely discredit their stories, but they were just that to me. Stories. That is, until this encounter that happened a few years ago, and has really flipped my perception of supernatural activities or cryptids. I've wanted to get this off my chest for a long time now, so here goes. I find myself home alone a lot. With everyone in my family working or going to school, I'm the only one with a consistent schedule when I return from work. It's a frequent occasion for me to be the only one in the house for hours upon hours. This particular night, mom and dad were both working, and my sister was staying at her boyfriend's house. I was downstairs on the sofa in my living room, playing a mobile game on my phone to pass some time, while I waited for everyone else to return home. It was really quiet. Our only cat was sleeping in the other room, and even our central air furnace had turned off. Out of nowhere, I heard something moving just outside the living room, by our front porch. I thought nothing of it at first, as we have some kids next door who have absolutely no respect for the property line, and constantly kick or throw balls onto our property. There was a window facing out to where this noise seemed to be coming from, but the curtains on it are always closed. And even if they weren't, we also have a drawer in front of it that covers most of that window, making it hard to move the curtains anyway. I simply assumed this came from our neighbors and ignored it. I quickly came to a different conclusion as it just waited where it was. If it were one of those kids, they would have grabbed the ball and scampered back to their side of the driveway and into their yard. It also dawned on me that it was about 9pm, so they would have been in bed by now. Soon after I made these realizations and observations, it began to move again, around the house and towards the wall I was lying against. I noticed it had long strides, so it must have been tall, and I heard its heavy steps as it walked on the gravel of our driveway. That's when I knew it definitely wasn't one of the neighbor's children. I began to assume it was my mother or father coming home, and they simply wanted to get my attention so I could unlock the front door and let them in. Then, I saw the forehead through the window above me. Our house sits on a slightly elevated patch of land, and the only way to reach this particular window above me was to stand with your toes on a tiny lip of the lawn and hold onto the side of the house by the corner to keep you steady given how old our house was putting that kind of weight on the house makes a very distinct creak that i'm very familiar with but i didn't hear this person step onto the small lip of dirt nor did i hear the creak of the corner of the house being gripped so they had to still be standing on the gravel of the driveway in order to see the forehead of whoever or whatever this was from there they'd have to be about seven feet tall this confirmed this was nobody I knew, and I quickly got scared. With my heart beginning to pound, I leaned harder against the couch to get as far under this thing's vision as I could. It seemed to work, at least I think so. It made no sign of seeing me, and all I could make out was a dark forehead. I couldn't tell what color it was, whether pale or dark, nor could I determine hair color. In fact, I couldn't even see any hair. After what felt like minutes, but what was in reality probably only 10 to 15 seconds, I saw and heard it back away from the window. It began to walk further along the house, toward our back porch. I knew that if this thing got to the back porch, it would very easily be able to see me through our oversized window, so I quickly bolted out of the living room and toward the kitchen. I felt safe doing so, because even if this thing knew to be looking for a window on the porch, it would still have to look through the lattice that lines that side of the porch, past a large porch swing, and through some thin, slightly transparent curtains. I waited outside the downstairs bathroom, between the kitchen and living room, where the window on the back porch couldn't quite let you see to. As I waited, I heard the footsteps step up onto the back porch, and wait. I tried my best to be as quiet as possible and to not move. Whoever or whatever this was paced along the back porch, and I even heard them try to open the door that leads into the laundry room. Thankfully, we always keep that door locked, as we almost never use that door to begin with. I got even more terrified when I suddenly couldn't hear it anymore, as if it had stepped off the porch and was back on the grass. Since I was no longer close enough to a wall to hear it walking, I knew at any point it could look through the numerous other windows that gave a clear view to me. The stairs to go up to the second story were right beside me, so I rushed up the stairs and I waited outside my sister's bedroom. Once again, I heard nothing for some time, and just when I thought this person, or whatever it was, was gone, I heard a loud metallic bang, then another. I cautiously scooched over to the window beside me, where the blinds were fully closed, and I peeked outside. My heart must have skipped several beats. This thing was standing almost directly beneath me, and was holding the cellar door that leads to our basement, wide open. Then it just let go, letting the metal door fall and slam shut, making that loud metallic bang a third time. With the door closed and no longer obstructing it, I got my first look at this creature. I used the word creature specifically, because this was not a person. It was very tall, or at least it would be if it wasn't currently hunched over, staring straight ahead into the wall. I couldn't make out any clothing, but its proportions were just off. It looked fairly bulky, but at the same time I could clearly make out the bones which were tight against its skin. It appeared to be completely hairless as well. It reached for the cellar door again, and once I was confident it hadn't seen me, I carefully snuck down the hallway to my parents' bedroom, locating my father's 357 revolver, along with the only box of ammo for it we keep in the house, loading all six rounds into the cylinder, just in case this creature came inside and I would have to defend myself. I quietly went back to the window I was just at, but the creature was now gone. I began to worry that my worst-case scenario was playing out and that it was inside the house, in the basement. I held on to the firearm and just waited and waited. I heard absolutely no sound from the basement, and I even crept downstairs and into the kitchen, which sits above the basement, and I heard nothing. Whatever it was, it was gone now. I went outside To put the cinder block back, that normally keeps the cellar door closed, I kept the revolver with me. I saw no signs of it, but there was a very odd and unpleasant smell that I don't know how to explain. Once the cinder block was firmly weighing the cellar door shut, I rushed back inside, putting the firearm away after unloading it. My mother came home about 20 minutes later. I never told her nor did I tell anyone else in my family about this. And I never saw that creature again. I consider myself lucky that I never got the most clear look at it. But even what I did see still gives me shivers when I think about it. Whoever or whatever it was can stay as far away from me as possible. Home is supposed to be the place you feel safest. And that night, I felt anything but safe. The Disappearing Neighbors From M. Jean Romeo A few months ago, I had some new neighbors move in next door to me. They were, to put it the nicest way I can, extremely noisy, and with me working from home at the time, the constant noise proved to be a daily nuisance. It was either one of their small children screaming late at night, or one of their numerous dogs barking all hours of the day in the back garden. The poor dogs were kept in cages for most of the day, so I can't say I blame them. Anyway, as frustrating as I found my new neighbors and their lack of regard for others, I'm not one for confrontation, so I just had to get used to the noise. This went on for a couple of months, but then a few weeks back, I heard an argument outside. For background, my neighbors were a young couple with two small children. I never spoke to them much in the few months they'd lived here, apart from greeting them with the odd hello or afternoon in passing. The man that lived next door had a white van that he must have used for work, and he was currently stood in front of it, arguing with an older gentleman. I could hear them arguing about money at the end of my driveway. I peeked out my living room window to get a look at the other guy, but he soon walked away, clearly not wanting to engage with my neighbor any further. My neighbor then walked back inside his home, slamming the front door behind him. I muttered to myself that he seemed to pride himself on being as noisy as possible, then pushed the thought to the back of my mind, as I had work to do. A few days passed, and I began to notice that the white van that was usually a constant presence at the front of their house was nowhere to be seen. I also began to notice that I could no longer hear the daily barking of their dogs or the late-night crying of their children. I was quite gleeful at this point, thanking the heavens for the respite from the noise. I just assumed that maybe they'd gone away on holiday for a few days or something, and that it wouldn't be long before the noise started back up again. But only the noise didn't start up again. The house next door remained silent. There was no sign of life at all, yet all the windows on the front of the house remained open for days. It was eerie how quiet the house had now become. I started to think that maybe the disagreement outside had been with the landlord and they had up and left. At the time, I was working completely from home and I hadn't seen their van return at any point or even caught sight of a moving van to indicate they'd moved out. They had simply vanished. Only as time went on, I began to hear strange noises coming from their house. I live in a semi-detached property, so my house is directly connected to theirs. And being an older building, the walls between our houses aren't very thick. I lay in bed one night, trying to get to sleep, when I began to hear this strange scratching sound coming from inside my wardrobe. My wardrobe is one of those fitted styles, and it's set against the wall that connected my house with the neighbors. So the actual back of the wardrobe was simply the wall of the room. I continued lying there listening for the noise, scratch, scratch. It came again, and I started to panic, thinking maybe there was a mouse inside my wardrobe. I sat up in bed and turned on the lamp on my bedside table. I got to my feet and walked over to the wardrobe and pulled the door open. Heart pounding, as I really hate things that crawl around the house and hide out of sight, I grabbed my phone, turned on the flashlight and shone the light inside the wardrobe. I checked every corner, only to find nothing. I almost heaved a sigh of relief, only to hear it again. Scratch, scratch. I jumped back from the door, nearly dropping my phone in fright. I frantically directed my light back on the open space of the wardrobe. I could hear my heartbeat thumping frantically in my ears. It... It was coming from behind the wall, and the sound was getting louder. It sounded like something was clawing at the wall. Scratch. I had to hold back a scream, clamping a hand over my mouth. What the heck was making that noise? It was now far too loud to simply be a mouse. I was starting to panic, wondering what the heck was going on next door. All of a sudden, the noise stopped. I stood there for a solid two minutes, holding my breath in anticipation of hearing it again, but the sound was gone. I slept downstairs that night, too terrified to wake up to that awful scratching noise. As the days passed, I continued to hear strange noises coming from next door. The noises seemed to move around the house, and it was often difficult to figure out exactly where they were coming from. Thankfully, I didn't hear the scratching noise again, only the odd thump or shifting of some object, which of course was still super creepy. I started to think that maybe the neighbors were coming back to their house sporadically, maybe just to remove their belongings, but I had yet to catch sight of them, and there still had been no further noise from their small children or dogs. I could see into their garden if I looked out of the bedroom window on the back of my house, Strangely, the cages they kept their dogs in still remained in the garden. I mention this, as one day when I sat working, I started to hear this odd creaking noise coming from the back of the house. I stopped what I was doing and just listened. If I kept the windows of the house open, you could often hear the dogs shifting about in their cages, and the movement of course would cause the cages to shift and creak. Perhaps the owners even left their cage doors open sometimes, adding to the noise. I sat there and listened closely. I could hear what sounded like dogs shuffling about in the cages. I rushed upstairs and checked out the bedroom window. The cages were still empty. I felt a chill run up my spine. This was just another occurrence on a long list of strange noises I continued to hear over a period of several weeks. The worst one happened just a few days ago, and this time I actually saw something. I had just returned home from a trip to the supermarket. I was carrying my bags into the house. When I noticed, the front door of the neighbor's house was slightly ajar. I stared at the door for a few moments, expecting to see one of the neighbors appear. But the house remained quiet, and I saw no one. Dismissing it as another one of those strange occurrences, I went back to carrying my food shopping into the house. As I dropped my last bag into the kitchen and went back to lock my front door, my curiosity got the better of me. I headed back out of the front of my house, walked down my driveway, took a right, and tentatively started walking up the path to the neighbor's front door. In the few minutes it had taken me to carry my bags inside, the door to the neighbor's house had creaked open further. I could now just about see inside. Only what I saw was downright creepy. The door was about halfway open now, so I could see into their front hallway. Children's shoes and toys still littered the ground just to the left of the door. A light was also on, in what I presumed was the kitchen at the end of the hallway. Uh, hello? I called. Nothing. No response. I tried again, waited a few moments, but there was still no response. Hesitantly, I pushed the front door open further. As I did so, a cold breeze rushed past me, and I jumped back in fright. At the same time, I saw the door to the kitchen swing open, and I swear I could see a dark figure standing in the open doorway. You better believe I noped it out of there in record time. It was only when I was back in my own home, behind the locked door, that I was able to calm down. I slumped down on the floor, trying to catch my breath, as thoughts spun through my mind in a flurry of total chaos. Something you should know about me is as much as I love spooky stories, I'm terrified of paranormal events happening in my own home. As I sat there trying to calm down, I heard three distinct knocks rap against the front door. I froze, not daring to move an inch. A minute ticked by, then another. When no further knock could be heard, I dared to unlock the door and peek outside. And of course, nothing was there. To this day, I still don't know what happened to my neighbors. No one on my street does. They just seem to have up and disappeared one day. I've not seen the dark figure since that day, and I hope it stays that way. Though I do still hear odd noises every now and again, I just hope that whoever, or even whatever, is in that house stays where it is. With that, we're at the end of this week's episode of Unexplained Encounters. Don't worry, I'll be back soon with more scary stories for you to enjoy. If you don't like to wait, subscribe to Darkness Prevails on YouTube to catch new stories sooner. If you want to hear me read your story, send it to me at darkstories.org. Before I go, help us spread the word and reach new listeners. Just share this podcast with your friends and family, follow us on Spotify, and or review us on iTunes. Thank you. Until next time, everyone. Remember, this world is a strange one. So stay safe out there and stay creepy.